0: Hey guys, Josh Trujillo here. Welcome back to the Still Searching Podcast. Wanna thank you guys for continuing to listen to these stories. I've um, been getting a lot of good feedback. So we're gonna keep putting them out. Um, just quick housework here. Just want to let everybody know to subscribe on your favorite platform. Spotify is the biggest one right now that I'm um, getting the most listens. But it's on Google Podcasts, which is the app that I use for a lot of my podcasts. <clears throat> also on Apple Podcasts. So you can subscribe in those on those uh, platforms. And um, it helps the podcasts, um, you know, get, get picked up and noticed on those platforms. So make sure you guys do that. Help brother out. Um, listen to the ad. <laughs> I'm finding out that when you skip the ad, you don't get... You know, there's all these algorithms and all this stuff. So it actually helps to listen to it. It's only like 45 seconds. So listen to the ad. Also, if you would like to support this podcast, you can buy one-time credits to uh, help me edit the audio. Um, there's a software that cleans up all the audio and levels everything out, takes away home and things like that. So you can, uh, buy one-time credits. Um, the link will be in the show notes. Um, Or you can even support on a monthly basis, so big shout out to my pops, always supporting me in everything I do, but he's a monthly supporter, so you can do like a buck a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, whatever you like. No pressure at all though, but today we have an incredible podcast episode with Amber Rose, and this conversation is gut-wrenching. It's really, really tough. I mean, just the things that this incredible, brave woman has gone through, has overcome, um, growing up in the foster care system and suffering abuse and trauma over the years and being homeless and being uh, addicted and how she was able to overcome all of that and is in recovery and also is in advocacy, advocacy now. So, uh, an incredible conversation. I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy it. So, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Amber Rose. Gotta stay straight like i a-
1: Rumbo
0: Doe. And she thick and she pretty. Like, who? like Amber Rose. I just took a fit with your girlfriend. Okay, so I got a very, very special guest back here in the Trap House. Um, I, met, I go way back with this person to elementary school when I first met her. And uh, it's Amber Rose. Not not the uh, other not not the other one. The this other one. Amber Rose. <laughs> Actually, it's Rincon now, right? Yeah. Awesome. I mean, well, Amber husband, Rose. My rink husband
2: keeps telling me when am I going to switch the last name, so yeah. hopefully he doesn't listen to this part. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we got Amber in the back, and uh, Amber, thank you so much for coming no on. No problem. Um, you were, we were talking a little bit in the beginning, and I, I, I told you there's like 20 people who want to come on, but you are somebody that I reached out to, right? and I was like- you got to come on. I want to. I want to talk to you and hear your story. And you didn't even know where podcasts were.
2: Not, not at all. Not like, you were I've like, seen things about them, but like never. Yeah. Like, listened to them. Like I think some of my coworkers were talking about them, and then be like, "Oh yeah, you know, you should listen to this one." You should. But I never. You never got it until right. you sent me some, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, yeah. and you were like, "What's that?" <laughs> I was like, you, don't <laughs> "You know." Made me feel so old, man. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, my kids knew they'd be like, you know, yeah." Old.
0: And so I hit you up, and then um, I sent you some stuff, and then um, you're like, all right, let's do it. So um, thank you so much. Um, so we go back to elementary school. Osceola, yeah, Osceola Elementary yeah. School. So that was, I, I think I came to Osceola in like second grade, maybe? Okay. I don't remember. But I, I remember you.
2: Yeah, I, I started, I went to kindergarten there. So I went from kindergarten to fourth, so.
0: Do you remember me? I do, In elementary it's so,
2: school? It's a trip because I, like have sometimes I remember you from then and then I was like was it at Mayo because I went to Mayo yeah. for Fifth I definitely remember you at Porter right. so yeah right. for
0: sure so um, I remember you because you were like my, one of the only white girls there
2: yeah probably <laughs> I think there was like a sprinkle of us but yeah, there yeah. was a couple
0: <laughs> but you were always um, just really nice I just I remember you so um, that was elementary school yeah uh, and, and so just I, I wanted Amber to come on because she has an incredible story of overcoming all sorts of diverse I mean just all kinds of craziness and I love reading your posts on Facebook you know they're just thoughtful and you know insightful it's just you could tell you're coming from a place of um wisdom and experience or wisdom from experience right right Right, it's taken
2: me a long time to get to this point you know and And I love
0: and I love that you're so real too like you know what I mean? Like
2: we have to be, you know? Like I don't want to fake the front, you yeah. know? Like that's one thing I don't like, you know? Even when I'm wrong, make mistakes, whatever it is, like I want to own up to it and and like share it with people. Yeah. It's actually therapeutic for me, you know? Yeah. Like I know a lot of people don't like to post their business on Facebook, which is cool, you know, I'd if people are, but for me, it's become, because I know that so many people identify with that and can say, you know what, like, you really helped me today, you know? Yeah. That, to me, that's all That's all it's about, you know? It's just helping other people through my experiences. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's that's where I'm at, too. I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not interested in, like like you're saying, just being fake fake and phony. Like, I want to just be genuine right. as much as I can with people and share my own struggles and experiences. Like, I, what am I going to be, you know, like, why? Why do we always have to, like, fake Something right. on online for yeah. social media that doesn't even matter.
2: Right.
0: Um, so <clears throat> I always enjoy reading your stuff because um you just have a, a really interesting background of overcoming traumatic experiences and addiction and then where you're at now is just amazing. So right. um definitely wanted you on here. So yeah, so elementary school, um Osceola, I remember that. Like that you know, I used to live across the street at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh, it yeah. was like we'd walk to school. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Then I was there through sixth grade, so you didn't have Mr. Thomas.
2: No, I knew of him. I think my my older brother had him. Yeah, yeah.
0: He was like a so. legend.
2: <clears throat> I know, I know. I actually follow the Facebook page. There's I a, there's, have, a yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a. I'm in that too. There's yeah, a dedicated yeah. like group. But it's like older. A lot of the older. It's crazy people.
0: because there's people on there from like the sixties. 60s 60s, yeah, and they're like
2: yeah, yeah, yeah Mr. Thomas. <laughs> Thomas. They post pictures of him and stuff. Yeah, <laughs>
0: from the sixties. I know. Wow, it's wild. I know, that's crazy. Um, I, and when I was talking to my daughter. In the first episode, I was talking about Mr. Thomas. Like, Mm -hmm. he was the only one that I really, really remember, like, really caring, it seemed like. Like, I was able to pick up on that and, like, really cared about us as individuals.
2: My kindergarten teacher was Miss Cohen. I remember Miss Cohen. I fucking love her so much. I actually ran into her as an adult. Um, she still looked exactly the same, but wow. she, I cried when I had to leave her class because uh, she was so warm and welcoming and yeah. just like, she reminded me of a mom, you know? Yeah. And so I like struggled going to first grade. Yeah. I'm, I did not want to leave her class. So I'll always remember her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you have Mrs. Applebaum? No, no. my brother did though. Okay. Yeah. My brother
2: did. I didn't. I, had Mrs. I didn't. <laughs> Applebaum. It's funny I had Mrs. Norman too. Her, Mrs. Applebaum's body was very much the way- Yeah. W- along with her name like it just yeah you just always remembered her yeah <laughs> yeah so you just can't for those who went to school and had you her, know. They know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> i think it hit me in the face one time when i was oh in my God. I was in the seat <laughs> yeah
0: yeah she had uh quite the quite the rump <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure <laughs> that's so funny so um yeah that was elementary and then we um so i was there and then that's so that i've shared on this point that's when i started smoking weed mm-hmm. in fifth fifth, sixth grade okay so but you left yeah So tell me a little bit about that you went to another elementary school and then in the meantime though so let's get into a little bit of your story so you're a foster child
2: yeah so i was actually in foster care when i was at osceola it's funny because um the school would always call my foster mom because they had a nickname for me they used to call me the daily news because i Um, would go and like tell all the business that was happening in the foster home at school like they would call me the daily news you know um but yeah, so I, I was in foster care, so I was in uh, starting at the age of two. Yeah. Um, so both my brother and I, and then I had a younger brother too. Who, so, so
0: when you say your brother, is that your 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 real yeah, biological blood, brother? Yeah,
2: my blood biological brother. Yeah. Um, there was three of us at the time that got removed from my mom. Um, my little brother he was put up for adoption. Um, his twin brother passed away, mm. so it was me and my older brother. So we kind of were, grew up in that. We spent a big chunk of our life in that foster home. So we um that's when a lot of the stuff happened, you know, what? some
0: So so that's you were in in second grade? Or or you so you said two. At 2, yeah. At 2. So you yeah. grew up in the foster home.
2: So it's it's kind of weird because <clears throat> my foster mom was also my mom's foster mom. Because my mom and uncle were also in foster care too. So Your biological mom. My mother. biological mom. Yeah. So she actually that foster mom had gotten my uncle and then got my mom, and so they spent some years in that foster home. but you know, where
0: was the foster home?
2: it right here in Selmore, yeah off of Havana, so it was like right around the corner from Osceola, yeah, so she had a lot of like um she had like a, uh, a- like eight foster kids a re- like that were part of my mom's generation um who ended up having kids and ended up in in, in foster, foster care, care too, you wow. know, so yeah, so we were like second generation to go through her foster home, wow, so yeah.
0: What was that like? I mean, what's life like in the foster home?
2: I mean, I, I feel like it was a little bit different in those first years because we didn't know. Right. This like, is, this
0: is all you, this is normal. She
2: was like, we called her grandma, you yeah. know, and it wasn't until kids at, at school started saying like, why do you live with your grandma? You know? And mm. then like, I remember social work. I didn't know that they were social workers at the time. Coming and, you visit. know, coming and visiting and like taking me to the side and asking me how things were going. Um, unfortunately there wasn't a lot of conversations about um like like uh like trauma or yeah. or sexual abuse or any of that stuff and that absolutely happened in the house so mm. there was this like this is my this is all i've known you know I, i've i always known people coming in and out of the house because even though we were there there were so many kids coming in and out of the house all the time like that was just normal for me yeah you know and but nobody ever had conversations about mm. like that other stuff, you know, that was happening in the house.
0: Wow. Yeah. So th- no one, like your foster parents, didn't say, "Hey, guys, you know, this is a foster home. Like, this is what this is." We
2: we knew that it was a foster home because I knew that like the other kids, like the other older ones, yeah, were kinda foster kinda kids. But like, it didn't hit you, hit like, me I'm a like, kid. I'm a foster kid too. Wow. You know, so like yeah. it like it was not. Like yeah, every, you're, like,
0: you're like, what are all these kids doing yeah, here? Yeah, like in there was house. always
2: people, Yeah, you know, and then her own, the foster mom, her own kids would come in and out. Like it was just like there was just people around all the time, you right. know, so it wasn't like it wasn't until I got a little bit or, older that I realized like the difference, you know, mm. um, we left Osceola and ended up going to Porter because it was after the, the earthquake. I mean, yeah, after the earthquake. Ninety four. Um, they ended up selling the house and then we moved to Granada Hills. Mm. And so I ended up going to Mayo from there and then Porter right yeah
0: so that's when some of the abuse started in the in the foster home that, yeah well that's where that's where it started yeah was that from uh, other other kids or other yeah. foster kids
2: other foster kids actually some of the neighbors around the house too grown men mm. um th- as i got a little bit older um which that kind of goes into like being at Porter and stuff like that. That's when that's when I first started smoking weed was was when I was at Porter. Yeah. But like there was some stuff that happened with my mom as well as far as like sexual abuse goes. Yeah. Um and people that she had around that that started when I was really young. So those are kind of just the things that
0: you you just grew up with.
2: Kind of just that was it, yeah. you know. So g- becoming in an, an adult, a you know, a woman I thought like, well, that's what women do. They use their bodies and that's how they, you know, that's how you show love. Survive or, yeah. Yeah, survive, show love, whatever it is. Like, that's how you do that. But it wasn't until years, you know, later I realized that that, that's not really how it's supposed supposed to be, be. you know, so.
0: So at Porter, I remember you, we didn't really talk, I don't think, that much. Yeah, I was always in trouble. And you had a boyfriend. I did have a boyfriend. Because I remember I used to get picked up on the side mm-hmm. of the school and yeah. then a dude in a Mustang would yeah. come. I remember that.
2: Yeah. He was a lot older than me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was always <laughs>
0: like, wow, like that's ki-, like, I, I was, I'm, I didn't know what to think. I'm like, "Wow, oh, that's kind of cool. She's already, she's got an old <laughs> boyfriend and he's got a Mustang and you know, like, we're 13 i don't know 14 years old
2: like back then i thought like this is fucking cool you know like i have a boyfriend who has a car and picks me older. yeah you know um but looking back now you know it was just
0: more um more of predatory like basically you know with him yeah like just yeah yeah was he over 18 or
2: no he well he was 17 when we met and then he turned 18 yeah so yeah
0: yeah, that's one thing I remember too is like cuz I was I'm, I'm like I don't you know that's Amber. I'm like, you know, we we didn't really talk but right. I'm like I, I remember her when we were in like first second grade and stuff. So yeah. I was and I was like, "Wow, all right." Yeah. But in all that, you were going through all kinds of stuff. Right. You know,
2: it it's a trip because like nobody Excuse me, nobody asks the why. Mm. The, they just see like these behaviors kind of happening and um and nobody really asks why. And so, again, looking back, I can, you know, those were just me acting out, trying to get love, all that stuff without even realizing the damage that I was doing to myself, you know? So, and really, that was like a, a turning point for me in just going in and out of juvenile hall, group homes, and I had my first baby you know when i was 16 yeah. i got pregnant when i was 15 so there was a lot of stuff that happened and that was like making that decision to get into that relationship at a, at such a young age really shifted things for me yeah yeah
0: <clears throat> so what happened from from that point on so like were you still being abused like when you were still in the in the in the group homes at like at that age or by that time you were so
2: it's a little bit different like as opposed to like so in my 17 years of foster care i was in about 15 different placements mm. And foster homes are a little bit different than group homes. Group homes is really about survival. That that's what it's about. Whether it's guys, girls, whatever, like you have to like not let people punk you. Mm, you know. Yeah. Um, and so like depending on what area you're in, who's there, how many girls, how many guys, all that stuff. Um, that's really what it what it becomes about. You know. So there wasn't a lot of of stuff happening with the kids in there. Actually, one of the group homes that I was in, it was, it was called Erickson, that place was shut down because the uh, adult staff were having sex with the kids. Wow. Like, that's the type of stuff that was happening. They oh were doping doping us up with medication. Like, the staff told me, like, we Jeez. do it because we get more money. When you're diag- on, medication. on medication, you're diagnosed with something else, You get we get more money for having you here. And it keeps the kids from acting a fool. Yeah, so it's
0: keep kinda, them sedated, right? Like, you know, in a, in a way.
2: So that was when I was I was first put on uh, like anti-depre- antidepressant depression medication. Mm-hmm. Was when I went to that first group home, and I had already started going to juvenile hall at this time.
0: <clears throat> For like what,
2: like GTA's burglary, those types of oh, things. Yeah. Just You're putting in work. Well, it was just <laughs> something, you know, like. Yeah. It's funny now because I'm so, I'm like, I always think people think I'm like guilty of something, you know, like, yeah. but I'm, I try and be as honest as possible, you know, yeah. it's just one of the, like, I was just going along with the crowd, what everybody right. was doing. I was right there with them, you know, like I just wanted to be a part of, so when drugs came into play, you know, that's what I did, Right. you know, it was just easy. Um. So when I was 14, I went to juvie again for um a gta and then i was placed in son- in all girls home and then from there i actually went back home with my mom like so i actually quote unquote reunified with my mom
0: your biological my mother.
2: biological mom um but like i said there was a lot of like stuff that happened with my mom and so my mom would allow people to do things to me oh. even at a, as a young teenager i don't know I don't know if she's going to listen to this. I don't know. You know, my my family knows a lot of it. You know, my my sister and brother and stuff. Um, I choose not to have a relationship with my mom because I was of just going to ask that. Or do you yeah. have a, a relationship no, with No, I, I don't. I just, you know, some of the stuff is... is it's too deep. Right. You know, yeah. and so I have my own girls, my own daughters, and I just can't see ever thinking of doing, doing that to my kids. Yeah. You know, and so when um some stuff happened... And then um, I again started acting out. I was drinking all the time, smoking weed, blah blah blah. I ended up meeting my kids, my oldest daughter's dad, and um, and he was twenty six, and I was fifteen. Wow! And um, and I ended up pregnant. So I ended up pregnant with my daughter, and you know he didn't want to be her father. Yeah. You know, and um and well, so I mean,
0: it's a yeah, a fifteen year old mother. Like, right. Right.
2: So because I ended up pregnant while, and this is maybe like six months after I had reunified with my mom, mm. um, we were all removed. So my, my mom had two more kids, uh, my brother and sister, my younger brother and sister. And, um, because I had gotten pregnant, they removed all of us. Oh, wow. So I was placed back in foster care, um, My brother and sister were (coughs) placed in a different foster home. Their dad actually reunified with them within, I want to say, like a year. He did. He actually got clean. He's actually clean now because of that. Oh, wow. So, yeah, my oldest daughter is 20, and he has about 20-something, maybe about 21 years clean now because of that incident, Yeah, like me getting pregnant, you know? Yeah. Well, Um, it was a wake-up call for him, and he stood. Yeah. Yeah, so he went, got his kids out of foster care, um, and I just kind of just finished my time in foster care. Yeah. So from then, I did really well. You know, I had my daughter while I was in foster care. Um, I, m- I still moved around because that was just part of being in foster right. care, you know, and trying to place a kid who has a kid. is not very it's easy. It's hard. Yeah. yeah.
0: You, you're you you're two people. Right. Yeah.
2: You know, so I actually went back to Kennedy when I was pregnant with her. Um, And then Kennedy actually asked me not to come back. Really? Yeah. So which it's is... Just- w- they actually pulled me into the office and said they felt like it was best that I find another school to attend. So I was like, okay. Which the school year ended in June and I yeah. had her in August. So I That's, don't know why.
0: Shame on you, Kennedy. I know.
2: I was like, what? And Suckers. then, like, I ran into um, to some of the people we've gone to high school who also had kids when we were all there. And they were like, oh, no, we stayed. Like, they're, I was like, what? <laughs> but, anyways, um, so then I ended, I ended up going to Monroe, s- still kind of bouncing around from foster homes. And um, that just wasn't working for me, mm. you know. And then I went to their continuation. So I was doing really well. And then I started slowly but surely to start partying again, mm. you know. So I have this baby. I was working, going to school. And then I, I started partying again. And then um, I ended up meeting my... Cause I have five kids. Five kids. Four babies' dads. So. Okay. One of them is my husband, so he's not a baby's dad. So. <laughs> but whatever. So I met my second daughter's dad, which I had knew. I had known him from that group home, Erickson. We had known each other there. Okay. So I ended up running into him, and it's so funny because I always I always tell the story that because I was getting therapy, um, like mental health services mm-hmm. through uh, it was through Penny Lane that I was um, placed in the foster homes, and um, and I'm waiting there to go see my therapist, and. Like the door swings open and it's him, yeah, and my therapist. He had the slot like right before me, and I was like, Oh my god, this is fate! Like, <laughs> God wants me to be with him, you know? Like, yeah, what are the odds that we're gonna run into each other? You know, not really yeah. thinking like he's in therapy too, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's this is not like, right, you yeah. know, that was not anything, it was just you know, yeah. running into him again. And so, um, we ended up hooking up, and I mean, we had a pretty good relationship there was just issues yeah you know and so i ended up pregnant with my daughter my second daughter um and then within i was four months no i was about three months pregnant three months along um he was already with somebody else and got -hmm. married fairly quickly he actually has a son who's four months younger than my daughter oh wow! so but they're they're close we me and the mom make sure that the the kids still talk and all that stuff yeah she's actually going to be 18 next month Um, and I ended up with baby's dad number three while I was still pregnant with baby number two. Two. So, and like two weeks later,
0: after you had number two, no, like
2: I'm still pregnant with number two, but we're engaged two weeks later after I meet baby's dad number three. Cause like, I don't know how to be alone. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, we talk about like addiction and stuff like that. For me, it wasn't even about substances, mm. like actual substances. It was, I was addicted to the emotional, like, like the connection with people, not mm. connection, because even if there wasn't a connection, I just wanted to be a part of, uh, like, that's it. I just wanted to be a part. I wanted to belong to people, to
0: belong to somebody, you know? or to something, right. Or a because or- if I
2: had this mom who I felt growing up that I wasn't good enough for her to be a part of my life, Mm. I had no idea what happened to my dad, like at all, you know? And so, like, why wasn't I good enough? So I would find these people who would make me feel like I was good enough.
0: And you didn't know if it was genuine or not, right? Right.
2: How do you know somebody after two weeks? Yeah. You know, how do you you really know?
0: You're basically looking for or longing for that love. Yeah, pretty much.
2: And in hindsight, looking back now, the people that I chose to have children with have huge families and i think that was part of like my my draw to them is they had these great whether they were dysfunctional or not really didn't matter to me because i really couldn't tell the difference but it was really these really large families that i just wanted to be a part of yeah. you know that was something that you know after years of being clean that i was like wow like taking really taking a look at it yeah like that's something that i've always wanted in my life was just to have that big family wow you know yeah
0: Well, you got it. I did, I know, I definitely have it. Yeah, I definitely have have it, it. yeah, yeah. So um, continue there, so you were, so that's number
2: three, baby dad number three. Right, and so (laughs) that's really when my addiction took off. So Uh, I had baby number two, we moved away from the valley. Um, I was a stay-at-home, to Palmdale. Mm. I was a stay-at-home mom, Um, he worked out here in the valley. You know, and I thought like, so I, they had me do a fast, like a fast track emancipation out of foster care because while I was pregnant with baby, with baby number two, I was still in foster care because at 18 I had no plan. There was no plan of emancipation for me. No, like, Hey, you're going to go to college or, hey, so you, you
0: can't just, I mean, walk away or, I mean,
2: you can, okay. But I literally had this, I had one baby pregnant with another baby
0: where am I going to go? Yeah. Yeah.
2: What am I going to do? So the foster home that I was living in at the time, it was, the lady was probably in her eighties. And so numerous times during my pregnancy, while I was pregnant with my second daughter, she had gotten pneumonia. Now she had other foster kids that I would stay home from school to watch when she would get pneumonia. Mm. So I was like caring for these other kids. And so the day that I went into labor with my daughter, Um, I tried to call the foster home to let her know, like, hey, I'm in labor, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't get a hold of her. Finally, the next day, um, I get a hold of her. And she was like, oh, well, the cops came because me, there was another lady that lived in the house. They had gotten into a physical altercation, but she was holding one of the foster babies in her arms. So, like, the cops came, blah, blah, blah. So, I'm like, I don't want to go back there. Like, there's literally domestic violence happening in this foster home. Like, I don't want to go back there. And so... a social worker was notified and so from dcfs a social worker came and told me that if i did not because i was still in foster care if i did not go back to that foster home that they were going to take my older baby and my new baby away from me so i had to go back to that home but when i went back they were like okay we need to come up with a plan so they were like we'll let you go stay with this person it was like a friend that i had and we'll do a fast track emancipation. So within two weeks I was emancipated. Mm. Luckily, because I was with baby dad number <laughs> three, who I had no kids with him yet, but you know, he had he was not related to my baby at all. But because he had gotten us a, a place to live, yep. they said, Okay, you know, you're you about there. to be nineteen, you can emancipate. But I really left with nothing. And so when I lived up there, I had I had a high school diploma, but that was really it. I had no like real skills or anything. I know how to steal some cars, you know, rob a house, (laughs) but I don't know how to like get a job, you know. And so we, you know, we did okay like that for a little bit. My biological mom came and lived with me. Um, That was very short lived. Yeah. Did Um, you,
0: how'd that happen? Did you just invite her over or something happened?
2: She was getting evicted from her place that she was living. And, you know, I just wanted to be a good daughter and, you know, like, so my mom would, I just want my mom to love me. That's it. You know? And so you were still trying to like, to have some type of like normalcy, you know, as far as like a mother daughter relationship. And so, um, I was like, well, you can rent a room for me, you know? And so, there was some other stuff that was happening behind the scenes that just I'm um, cool with. Like, I, she ended up not pulling her weight, you know, like she was supposed to in the house. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I had asked her to leave. And so, about two weeks after, I get a call from the CHP telling me that my mom had been hit by a car on the freeway, on the 101 freeway off of Vine. I'm in Palmdale, North Hollywood. Like, how am I? I haven't. They're like, somebody needs to get it, get to Cedar Cedarside Night Hospital. Oh, in, in Hollywood. Yeah. Cause yeah. she's going to die. Oh. And so I call my foster mom, my old foster mom, and I tell her, Hey, my mom's in the hospital. They said she's going to die. Somebody needs to get over there. So I end up finding a ride out there or whatever. And um, my mom was actually hit by a car on the freeway where she was changing her tire. And the car was doing about 120 miles per hour. Oh, my God. And so it, ripped off her right leg and most of the skin from her right arm um it was a hit and run they never found the person who did it wow um and so it kind of like started this like i had to be there i had to be there because i was her power of attorney i had to be there to sign for all her surgeries and all this other stuff and there wasn't like this guarantee that um that she was gonna survive you know, and so she was there. She was there for a few weeks. They had a trach in. She was like in a drug induced coma, that type of stuff. Um, and I didn't leave. Like I did not leave the hospital. And um I my kid's dad was supposed to be, you know, taking care of the stuff at home, all that other stuff. Um, but he was using and I didn't know that he was using. And so through all this kind of stuff that happened, yeah. we ended up losing that house. Yeah. So this is from the time I emancipated till when this accident happened um, was three months oh wow short really short yeah and then maybe three months after that I became homeless Wow so I that was kind of where things began into me kind of really getting lost into my addiction
0: was he homeless with you or did you guys stay together
2: I mean we tried you know we tried to to Stayed together as much as we could. Um, I ended up pregnant with my son. So I started using. So I started using really heavily. um, And because of the accident from my mom. So about nine months later is when I found out that I was pregnant. But I was already five and a half months pregnant. Mm. I guess the stress from my mom's accident and all that. Like caused some stuff to happen in my body. Where Mm -hmm. like nothing was normal. Um, And so I didn't know that I was pregnant until... I was five and a half months pregnant and i had been using that whole time Wow! so and i had him premature so once we found out i was pregnant he got us into an apartment because at that point we were staying with his his family which you know sleeping on a couch with two kids isn't you know where you really don't have your own space or anything i'm super grateful for his family because not only then did they allow me to be you know to be in their home but further on in my story they really like helped out a lot yeah i'm like so grateful for for his family because i mean i really didn't have anybody and even my kids who were not biologically his they have to this day are still such a part of their life you know because those are they consider them family you know so um so once i found out i was pregnant we got into an apartment real quick but it was like a subleasing which is illegal in california Mm. so it was like a guy rented the place and then we rented from From him. him And so the idea was that we were going to stop using together. But me, I had a baby in my belly, so that was the reason why it was easy for me to like yeah. think like, I'm not going to use anymore. It was easier for him, like, there's not a baby in my belly, so I really don't have. <laughs> she just doesn't have to know about it. And so there yeah. was a lot of problems and that's when like the DV started, the domestic violence started. Mm. Was when yeah. I was trying to get clean, which I didn't know clean was the term at that time, um, but I was you know, just trying to Like do right. Yeah. yeah. Like do right. Keep this apartment. Um, and he was still doing his thing, you know? And so it, it got pretty bad. It got pretty bad. I ended up having my son premature. So he was six weeks early. Um, he was still pretty big for, for being a preemie, but he had to stay in the hospital. And then pretty much the day I brought him home, I started using and that was it for me. So there was some other stuff that happened. I ended up finding out that he had been in a whole other relationship and was like cheating on me and all this other stuff. while mm-hmm. I was in the hospital and because um, I was on bed rest yeah. in the hospital for um, about a month. So there was just a lot of stuff yeah. that was happening. And so when, you know, I had this new baby and I had these two other kids and I'm 20 and I have really no direction in life of who I am, where I'm going, anything I just started using. And so that was it for me, you know? Wow. And things just went, continued to go downhill from then. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Wow. Man, there's so much. There is. Just at 20. Yeah. I mean, God, I mean, I felt, I felt for me, like I was 19 when I started to barely understand who I was or what, you know, or anything really. Yeah. We're still babies. Yeah. And,
2: Again, hindsight, like hindsight yeah. is a motherfucker. I'll tell yeah. you that because I can look back and think like, I don't, it seems like, like it, it's fake. Like it's like, I, like how did I really live that life? Like yeah. that's not real. Like an
0: alternate universe Yeah, or like right? Really? Like,
2: that was my, that was my life. Like literally it was just survival all the time. Geez. Survival all the time. You know, I, my addiction got so bad that I was going to take my own life, hmm. but because I grew up in the system. I didn't want my kids in the system.
0: I was going to ask you, what's your view of the system? I mean, do you... Is it... I'm assuming it, it seems like it's a broken system.
2: Well, because I work in the system now, mm. you know. Yeah, I, I, I want to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's kind of...
0: It's like a necessary thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it absolutely is necessary.
2: Right. But I think that there's a lot of broken pieces that... You know, being somebody who was a kid in it and it, it's a trip because my RO program manager that, that used to work for our program um, When I told him my story about being in foster care and the stuff that happened to me He was like what like that doesn't happen Like stuff like that doesn't happen. We take kids out of those situations and put them in safe homes What are you talking about?
0: He was oblivious.
2: Yeah, and I'm like no like that's not how it is and um and I am in contact with a lot of my foster brother and sisters. I probably have like a hundred, over a hundred foster brothers and sisters throughout wow. the years. And I would say probably about 80% of them have okay. very similar stories to the stuff that I went through. Jeez. Same thing with my kids. My kids eventually ended up in foster care. They were in foster care for two years. And This is when you were heavy. Heavy, in, into on it. the streets. Living in an alley, you know, um, they ended up in foster care and my second oldest daughter was abused while she was in foster care. Mm. So, again, I have one more generation of somebody in my family that now, you know, my hope is, is that I've broken it. I've broken that kind of like generational thing it's just unfortunate that my kids had to experience it and what the future holds for them based on their own trauma. Yeah, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: Well, you now, at least now you have the, the tools, you know, somewhat. to somewhat, or you're learning. I mean, <laughs> we're learning. all, we're all learning. I'm
2: building the plane as we're flying. That's what, Got you. basically what's happening yeah. here. Yeah.
0: But you, but I mean, you living through that experience, you're able to definitely help her. I hope as so. As much as you yeah. can navigate through all that trauma. Right. right. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. Cause I, so my, I had a guy in here yesterday who <clears throat> he was placing, I used to be, I used to work at like a teen rehabilitation program, Oh, okay. but it was like a private organization. Mm-hmm. It was like a Christian thing. Yeah. Religious thing. And now that I, from hearing your story, like these kids were so freaking spoiled and <laughs> lucky like their parents placed them in this program, mm.
2: you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, and they paid a lot of money for it, right? Like a lot of money, yeah. And um, so I, I actually ran like a group home of mm-hmm. boys, and so they were all like forced to be there against their will, right? So it was a different dynamic, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was really structured, and plus, plus it was Christian. Like they had to go to church, they had a school, they had chores, they had to do like all these all these different things, right to you know get to the next phase There was like phases
2: that's how treatment is
0: yeah phase one (laughs) phase two phase three you mess up you drop down to phase zero yeah type of thing and um and you know i was running the home so you know i i try to make it as homely as possible but man i can't even imagine like you know the stuff that you had to go through even in that like if you're supposed to be in a safe environment right and yet, all this bad stuff is happening to you. That just right. blows my mind. Like, like you're you're in a vulnerable space to begin with, and then you know these things happen.
2: It's it was it took me. I was angry for a lot of years. Yeah, I just, I just couldn't understand. Jeez. I mean, yeah. I,
0: I mean, I'm trying to process it. Like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know all the these details. You know, right. I just know a little. You know, bits and pieces. But it's like, man. I'm just so glad you're here, you know, (laughs) to, to share it and and you're, you know, you're standing, you're, you're still here. You're, you got, you know, you got a, a a beautiful family and everything. So it's like, wow. I'm like, I'm almost speechless. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's crazy. So you, so you were like at rock, rock bottom. Your kids were two years in the system. Yeah. So they were changed from there. Or what, what was the I mean? Thing that...
2: So when I got clean, so I got, I ended up getting clean. My kids, my kids were in father. I ended up pregnant again with my fourth kid. So I ended up having her when I was 23, when I went into treatment. Um, so I was pregnant with her when I went into treatment. And so treatment was easy for me only because of my experience in group homes. So like you could literally take me and place me anywhere and I'm going to adapt. Yeah. But it doesn't you, mean I'm learning anything.
0: You just know how to survive. I just
2: know how to survive. So, for me, it was more than just doing all the things that I was court-ordered to do to get my kids back. And it took me a couple of years into my recovery to really identify that, you know. So, yeah, I did all the things to get my kids back. You know, I ended up, from that treatment center, I ended up going to um, LA Family Housing in East LA. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a homeless shelter there for families. They gave me back my kids while I was there. So, mm-hmm. but I still had no housing like yeah. that's temporary so i ended up getting on i got on section eight and i got it and so i'm on welfare i'm going to school my my i'm working my work checks are being garnished because of the child support that i owed i owed two i owed twenty four thousand dollars in back child support for my kids being in foster care so, wait, wait,
0: so you have to pay the
2: yeah you gotta pay somebody's gotta pay that money
0: and you you get stuck with the bill. Yeah. Like you're
2: so if Wow, if, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I have no clue how this works. Yeah. So there's social workers, there's a form that they can fill out so you become exempt from having to pay child support when your kids are in care. Um, but for some reason there wasn't one filled out for me.
0: Oh um, man. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> I have no idea. What are you supposed to do? Like did anybody stop to think, like, hey, hello, did anybody read Amber's file? Like oh.
2: So <laughs> let me tell you one thing that I didn't find out until years later that because I wasn't a part of the case plan in the beginning because I didn't show up to court. I didn't do anything for almost eight months yeah. when my kids were taken because I was like, you were gone. Yeah. like yeah. You know, they're better off without me. Yeah. They're safer. Yeah. Um, but they put in the court report, it said that because of the amount of trauma that I had been in while in foster care, that made me an unfit mother. Wow. So they actually knew about the trauma. Your, your trauma. They knew about it. And then they said that that was the reason why. I wouldn't be a good parent to my kids, you know, like not like, Hey, let's figure out, you know, like how to help her heal from all of this. But it was just like bad mom.
0: Yeah. You're going to get penalized for it. Exactly. Because of what happened to you.
2: Right. Which I made poor choices. I don't want to fully put it on them, you know, but yeah, like it was kind of, it was, it was just messed up.
0: But poor choices get, a lot of times are are formed by that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. The trauma. Like,
2: I mean, you don't know
0: what, sometimes what the right thing to do is and like you said you're still searching and yearning for that belonging so it's like you know you're kind of vulnerable to all kinds of yeah lots of things
2: you know so yeah so the i'm struggling with these kids you know like when when i got my kids back um i i from east l.a i came back out to the valley you know because this is my recovery started out here, you know? Yeah. And so I finished my t- treatment program. I started going to meetings. I got a sponsor. I did all that stuff. And so I wanted to come back to the Valley because I knew like I needed to stay close to all of that, you know,
0: and you're clean at this point.
2: Yeah. 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 In March, March 14th, actually I'll have 14 years. clean. 14 years. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's beautiful. You. I, I value my clean date more than I value my birth date. It's yeah. my re my reborn Rebirth. day. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it's been a struggle just because the the stuff that my kids went through while we were homeless, and then the f- foster care stuff, and then I was twenty four when I got all my kids back. I had four kids four under kids. the age of seven.
0: And were you still with? Uh, no, I was your, no, I was yourself. with nobody at this point. Single mom. You no, know? yeah. Four well, kids. I ended
2: up hook. I ended up getting with my my husband now. Mm-hmm. Um, around that time. Um, but we didn't live together. I lived in East L.A. He lived out here in the Valley. So um, once I moved back, then we, you know, our relationship started to evolve into something else. But like, really, it was I had I had no driver's license. I had no car. It was just the bus, me and my kids. And mm. that's all I knew. Like, just go to work, pick up the kids, go to a meeting, go to work, pick up the kids, go to a meeting. Yeah. You know, that that just became my life for a long time. Yeah. And the kids had some behavioral problems because of Well yeah. It's of all the stuff, you know? Yeah. All the stuff. And so like I don't have a mom that I can call and say, Hey mom Yeah, I was gonna
0: say, like you just, just no you don't really have anybody, really.
2: No. So it was pe- really people in my fellowship in, you know, my recovery fellowship that right. I that was your reached out to, system. yeah, you know, like my sponsor, his, my sponsor bought diapers and food when I couldn't afford things, you know, mm-hmm. like they would give me rides to meetings because I didn't have a car, like wow. people in the program in my fellowship really surrounded me. And, and I mean, to this day, like I don't talk to everybody all the time anymore, but they're, they're there, you know, and I, I try and remember that. So that way I give back, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm continuing to give back.
0: Yeah. So, um, are you still in in, in contact with your sponsor or that, that sponsor, or that old sponsor? Oh yeah, she's still my sponsor. Oh, she's still yeah, your sponsor. She's still my sponsor. So 14 years, she's still yeah. riding with I you. I
2: still go to meetings. I do, well, I, she's probably going to listen to this. So I, I do step work. I swear I do just very slowly. <laughs> um, but she's, is that part of your, your, that's ongoing, part 12 step program. Ongoing yeah. yeah. I go to meetings. I, I have sponsees. I, you know, I don't run a perfect program, but I try and do the best that I can, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, we don't. Unless you move on to another sponsor, we don't ever end recovery. It's forever. It's forever. For me. I know other people find their own ways, but for me, it's my fellowship and and this will be forever for me. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. They're my people. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. That's your family. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I always say, like, you know, friends, you know, good friends are like family that you choose. Right. You know, so that's your fam. Yep. So, okay, so that's four kids. Yeah. Number five. <laughs> so five came a long way
2: after. Um, so, you know, I was I was going to school, and then, um, like, I was working here and there. Um, my now husband, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, we had a very tumultuous relationship, so it was a lot of back and forth. In the and, beginning? Oh, that no, was like just, no, like, one. in okay. into our relationship. There was just a lot of stuff, you know? Like, neither one of us knew how to be in a relationship a healthy relationship at that he was still learning how to parent i was learning how to parent and then blending two families together he is he's older than me so there's like a whole generational thing Mm -hmm. that and just respect and just having to learn all those things um and then just some just stuff happened that became the focus of our relationship and so um it took us a long time to get past that, you know, to yeah. to move past that. And so, we actually split up. um, We split up, and then we, when we were thinking about getting back together, I got pregnant with my baby number five. And so we were like, you know what, let's see if this is, you know, gonna yeah. help us having babies. Do not help people. Yeah, yeah. People think <laughs> like, like the oh, opposite of that. Yeah, yeah for let's, sure. We're gonna so, have
0: babies. So let's let's work it out or figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So
2: that lasted. For about two and a half years, and so we decided to take another break, mm-hmm. which it was supposed to be the end at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, but really, you know, it was untreated mental health that was going on on both parts, um, and we just needed like somebody to help us. And so he worked on himself, I worked on myself, and um, I mean, obviously, we're still continuing to do yeah. that, you know, because that's right. just part of it. Part of, yeah. um, and then we were able to, you know, come back together and we've been married for three years now. And, um, I mean, we still have our ups and downs oh, and yeah, all course. that. I mean, that's normal, but nothing, nothing, nothing compared to what we the, were going through before. Part. Yeah. I think we were just, we were, I, I tell you, it was trauma, all the trauma, even though we were in, 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 you know, our fellowship cause he's also clean. My husband's also clean, yeah. uh, in our fellowship and, and kind of working steps really not working on yourself and really identifying those traumas those triggers those things that that really make up who we are and why we make the decisions that we make if we don't address those things Mm. like we're still working with that same unhealthy thinking and so we individually had to find that to be able to come together and really work together you know better you know yeah I mean, it's, it's been a process. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's always going to be a process, right? Yeah. yeah. Even for people who, who think like, oh, you know, I got it together. Right. Like, okay. So my wife sees a therapist and, um, w- one of the sessions they called me in because mm-hmm. my wife was just having a hard time communicating with, you know, the therapist. And right. I just felt, I just opened up. Like I felt I could, I recognize the importance of this session right. of speaking with the therapist. I just felt so free to, to start opening up and just talking, you know? And I felt like, I was like, man, then I listened to a lot of stuff too. Like, you know, things that'll try to help art issues or whatever, or mental health and things. And I'm finding out that everybody needs some sort of therapy. (laughs) Absolutely. Therapists have therapists. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's never like we're, we're like arriving and you know, going to be at, everything's going to be, you know, perfect. Right. Yeah. It's always something to work on.
2: Humans are meant to interact, to interact with other humans. Right. We are. And I, I'm one of those people. I don't like the whole independent thing. Like I get the whole, cause that was one of the things that, um, in foster care, they always tell you, we need to teach you to be independent. They call it the independent living program. Yeah. Like it's all about being independent. Humans are interdependent. Yeah. We absolutely. depend on other humans to get through life so teaching people to be independent really isn't the way
0: to survive right because right. we always even need... if you go back thousands thousands of years right. it was you know you traveled in little packs and... right
2: nomads moved yeah. along together they didn't they weren't like oh thanks it's been great i'll yeah, see you I'll next see you season like it doesn't work that way you like you you travel together yeah, yeah we need we need each other you know yeah. sometimes our wires get mixed you know yeah our wires get mixed and we just need to help each other fix them. That's it. You know? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, man, that's already 45 minutes, but man, it's a beautiful conversation. I, I remember like, <clears throat> cause I, you know, I, I grew up in, in church and stuff. And I keep saying that I keep, I listen to these back and I'm like, stop saying that. <laughs> like, it's just so annoying when I hear it, but like we, we did something for the homeless some years ago. It was called help a human. And, um, you know, it, it, part of it was, I learned, I learned it from um, some friends from Arizona that were doing it. Mm-hmm. I saw them do it. I was like, wow, I've never seen that. I'm gonna try to do that. And so I took my kids one time uh, to Handsome Dam, and we just made sandwiches, and we had an ice chest, and we had a sign that said, free food for the hungry, right? Just mm-hmm. something like that. <clears throat> but I learned that from them, and then it just kinda grew. So we started coming every week, every Saturday, Um, and then we started setting up like tables and bringing hot food and sharing a meal together, right. Right. Sitting down and eating. And then, you know, we think like, oh, you know, it's, we're doing something for them. But like, it it was really happening in in me and us, you know, like I felt something changing in me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, I'm not gonna, I mean, what I was there just to meet one specific need. Like, Hey man, if you're hungry, come and eat Right. Saturday at five, we'll be here, you know? And, um, but what would happen, I was like, I noticed like it was us that started to change. Right. So it was like, you're right. It's like we, they were helping me, you know, or, or find myself or to, to get better understanding. And um, so
2: there's, there's a saying in the fellowship. Um, It's uh, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. But if you Mm. take the word addict out of it and say the value of one human Helping another human is without parallel. Really, that's really what it's about. Because we think that we're doing for other people, in the you know, in the hopes to make things better, but really we're we're healing ourselves at the same time. You yeah. know, that's the beauty in it. Yeah. You know, like yeah, to absolutely. me that's that to me that that's what the beauty of of giving back is. I try and do that in my. I, I know what it's like to stand on a corner and and be homeless and ask for food and mm. literally be so dirty that people don't want anything to do with you don't walk around you you know wow. like i know what that's like you know I, yesterday we were going to the movies with the kids and um and there was a lady that was literally sitting there it's she's on the corner of uh, woodman and roscoe and she has her little tent or whatever she's an older lady has no teeth and she's literally just staring at the sky it's yeah. freezing outside yeah it's she been has really cold the last few days like she has like a sweater on And it's just staring and it's like I started to cry like I remember being that, Mm. you know, I remember being so lost, you know, and um, it just it breaks my heart, you know, like we still live in a country where we have abundance and yet we we have so many people who are who go without, you know, and that people say, oh, they choose. They're choosing. I, to me, that's mental health going on. You yeah. know,
0: well, there's a lot of things. There's there could be all kinds of different things that factor into. Oh that. yeah. There's yeah. that's Nobody one thing knows too. anybody's story. That's what, that's that's the other thing too. Is you actually sit and get to know people's stories. Yeah. It's there's never one thing. You know what I mean? It's, oh it's yeah. It's always never. a combination of right. things that, that lead to those roads. And then yet you know it's it's us it's the it's the family it's a single mother who's on food stamps that's right. the problem right. right. Not the billionaires that absolutely the corporations that are not taxed and you know what I mean. It's like that's the problem. Let's let's cut the food stamps, you know, for the right for the for the families.
2: Tax the people that are really not going to feel it. Right, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So
0: so now you're a you're a parent advocate. Yeah. Within the system.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm I work for a program called Parents in Partnership. Um, It's they're co-located within all the DCFS offices. So they're contracted with the department, but we don't work for them Um, And it's basically just it's trying to build a bridge between parents and social workers So when I say parent advocate, it's not necessarily like we're co-signing all the parents bullshit That's not what this is about. Mm. It's about let's be real meet the parents where they're at and help them get to a place where they can reunify with Their kids faster. Mm. That's what it's about and in a safe environment Yeah, because if you look at uh, statistics, it's like, I don't know if it's 72% or 77% because I, I go into the men's jails as well. I go to NCCF and uh, Pitches Detention Center South and I do support groups with the fathers there um, for our program. And just in California alone, I, I don't know if it's 72 or 77%, just in 2016, that's the percentage of people who are currently incarcerated hmm. who were touched by the foster care system at some point in their life.
0: Wow. Wow. Come on. That is.
2: Come on. Like if we're literally, we, we talk, you know, we talk about the, the um, school to prison pipeline and all that other stuff. Like yeah. we need to have a broader conversation about how our foster care system is f- funneling into the criminal justice system. Right. And then our homeless population, a lot of the kids are foster kids. Foster kids. They want to get the hell away from it because they don't want to deal with it anymore. Wow. You know? but nobody says why it's they're bad kids or they're, they're making poor choices, you know, like, well, let's without
0: taking the time to yeah,
2: to get to know, you know, as we were sitting here talking and and I'm like, I hate telling people how many kids dads I have. I I hate, Mm. I hate that because if somebody was to, to, if I said I had four kids dad, they'd be like, what kind of choices you making, you know? But like if somebody actually hears my story, not as an excuse, not as an excuse, right. but there were all these things that kind of happened that led up to the point where I was 24 with four children by three different guys, yeah. you know? It, that's the same, for like we all have our story. Mm-hmm. We all have our story. For me and what I do is I don't care about people's opinions or anything. I want to hear. I want to hear that thing like, "Oh, I don't care about your past or whatever." Sometimes no, we need yeah, to we need to hear absolutely. about that. We need to have real conversations about that. Because I know I need to know where you're coming from. I need I need to piece all the pieces together so I can help you better. You know, yeah. like that. That's to me really what helps us as human beings help help heal other human beings. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that story. How'd you get to this place? And then we can move forward in finding a solution. Mm. You know, Cause that's what I needed. Yeah. You know. That's what I hope people can really get out of this. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, well, isn't that crazy how the universe or God works? Like, you went through all that to yeah. be where you're at now to help for a very, yourself, a very long yourself, time. Help others. Help others, but you're it's yourself. Like, yeah, yeah. In those people, right, or those other girls, or right. whoever. And I used like, to question
2: all the time why, mm. why would he, the universe, whoever allow this stuff to happen but there's a purpose. I just don't know what that is. And I don't really think that I know what it is. I'm just yeah. kind of going just along, going with it, doing the next best thing, the next mm. right thing. The thing that I feel is good in my heart and not what my mind tells me, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, I saw you try to reconnect with like your your my
2: father, yeah. The, so that the, was crazy. It's been really crazy. It's really sad, yeah. but um, so I found out, I did Ancestry, got my DNA, whatever. Um, linked up with some of his, his side of the family who, who in turn gave me contact information. Um, my dad has like a developmental delay that happened when he was, um, like five, which I had no idea this whole time. I thought like my dad was making a conscious choice not to be a part of my mm-hmm. life. So that kind of was like a little bit of healing for me. Yeah, You know, like yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't me wasn't that fault. I was, it was right, he didn't, right. It's
0: not that he didn't want you or it
2: was mentally. He just wasn't mentally capable of it from my understanding. So he was really, you know, his family made decisions for him. Um, so I reached out and my uncle, his brother, shut that shit down real quick. He was like, absolutely not. You know, so that I wonder why he just, I, I still haven't figured out why. So I even drove up there Where to their it? house in um, uh, San Luis Obispo. Okay. Yeah. So I drove over there my husband went with me. I was just going to show up at the door you know like i'm just gonna go there they weren't home i showed up at his because my dad works i showed up there talked to the manager and ended up getting my dad in trouble inadvertently i just didn't know i mean the manager seemed like he was gonna like oh cool you know blah blah blah," and then pulled all of them into the office like i was coming over there so my uncle ended up calling me and like said he was gonna sue me for harassment if i kept bothering them so i haven't
0: Kind of was like a dead end yeah. in, a, in a sense.
2: Right. And they make all his decisions for him. So I would really have to go through them to figure anything out. So I tried like talking to attorneys about like filing for visitation, but I guess that's like not something that is real. Yeah. Um, So.
0: Doesn't exist. <laughs> I guess. Like you can
2: file for visitation for your kids, but as far as for parents, parents? Yeah. you can't. So maybe somebody will pick that up for me i don't know yeah. maybe if i beg hard enough somebody will come and help me just yeah, but
0: it's something you want kind of just f- like foreclosure or just to know or
2: i got to talk to could, him three times okay you know on the phone prior to my uncle finding out and um he knew who i was he asked about my mom i told him that he was a grandpa he sounded mm. very excited um i just want more conversations like that you mm. know i just i want to know about his life like you know like things that he did, what his interests are. I know that he was part of like the special Olympics up mm. where they live, you know, like what is, you know, what things does he like, you yeah. know, maybe make him a sandwich. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah. sit and watch TV with him. That would be great. You right.
0: know, catch a movie or yeah, something. Like, yeah. Like
2: just like, I'm not trying to come in and like hey, I'm the daughter and yeah. now I'm making all you the owe me this, 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 whatever. Not, like not at all. Yeah. I just, I just, just want to know, you. know who he is as a person, you know, that's it. You know, mm. it was really nice to finally, be able to look at a picture and put a picture of myself when I was younger side by side mm. growing up in foster care you don't you don't really look like the people or who are around you, yeah, you know, like you're not in the picture of the family picture that's right. on the wall right you're you're different, yep. and so to have people that were my people by blood, you yeah. know that I look like, that was pretty cool for me, yeah. like just being able to see that, you know so right, yeah.
0: Amber, thank you so much for, for telling your story. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I think it's, I'm still like blown away. It's amazing. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I'm so glad that you, where you're at, where you're at, you know, um, I definitely value your story. You know, it definitely needs to be recorded (laughs) and put out there in the universe and whoever hears it, hears it. And You know, maybe it can help somebody, you know, for sure. And it's something you can go back to and say, hey, you know what? I actually recorded it (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) You can listen to it wherever you're at. Yeah. You know,
2: I just want to say I really appreciate you giving people an opportunity to to share who they are, Mm. you know, and because really it's about. Like no matter what the topic is, we're helping somebody, you know? So thank you for, for oh, having this platform.
0: Thank you. I mean, that's, that's what I'm interested in, is in just everyday people. Yeah. Us, yeah. you know, everybody has something to share or a story to tell. Right. And, um, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm just at a place in my life where it's like, you think, you know, um, what you're about or, you know, what all this means, but I've realized like, no, I'm still searching. Like, yeah. I'm still searching for truth for meaning, for purpose, for for love, or what you know, whatever. Just I'm still, I'm like, I'm I'm still figuring this out. Right, and I'm um, right there with you. Yeah, so we're all here. We
2: just need to high five each other a little bit more.
0: <laughs> Give you a little <laughs> little applause here. I got some applause in the <laughs> on the board. You'll hear it when you listen back. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, thank you, Amber. Is there anything you want to like? Um. Is there anything that you want to plug, or is there something that like you can recommend, or like? I don't know, like a website where somebody can like look up more information or any ways that people could help
2: Um. Well, or I contribute
0: mean, to whatever, you know? Well, as far is. as
2: the, the program that I work for, it's on the DCFS website. Um, it's under the parents section. It's mm-hmm. parents in partnership. We just want to help parents. That's it. Like, you know, yeah. um, as far as anything else, just Be a good human being to one another, you know, smile a little bit more, high five a little bit more. Yeah. Tell some jokes. Yeah. Smile at a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. Don't judge people if you don't know their story, Mm. you know, ask somebody, ask somebody their story. Yeah. Get to know them, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Amber. Um, This was great. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Okay. We'll talk to you maybe another time. Yeah. All right. Okay. (laughs) The Iliad is dead, the odyssey is over Found God within me, started searching for Jehovah What you searching for, where you focus at If it's happiness, no one can give you that It flows from within, it knows all your sins You can never win, being envious of other men Covetousness is such a sin Wanting what other people have has become a trend But don't bow down to the dollar bill, y'all Commercial consumerism is trying to kill y'all I'm trying to heal y'all